Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold and welcome to All Things Pilates Season 5. There is a collective fascination with Joe Pilates, his method and inventions. The exercise paradigm continues to evolve as does our understanding of Joe's genius. So join us because we know there is always more to explore. Every Monday morning while having coffee in bed, I log on to my YouTube account and listen and watch Gil Headley and his Monday morning anatomy offering. Two human forms he respectfully refers to as Anna and Z help him share his vast anatomy knowledge. So whether it's a joint in the body, the heart and lung relationship, or the nervous system, Gil's compassion, wisdom, and humor fills my morning. In case you haven't heard of my guest, Gil Headley, he is the creator of Integral Anatomy, an online educational platform. For the last 29 years, through hands-on human dissection workshops in the laboratory, worldwide lecture presentations, and online events, Gil has encouraged thousands of fellow somanauts to appreciate, explore, and embody the wonders of the human form. Hello, Gil. Welcome to All Things Pilates. Hi, Darian. Thanks for having me. You know, I see you. This is the first time you're seeing me, but I see you every Monday morning <laughs> in bed. <laughs> well, you're a beautiful vision for me at first sight. So there you go. <laughs> Gil, you're such a lover of the human form. How did this all come to be? Karma. It must be karma. <laughs> because I, when I was a little boy, I wanted to grow up and be one of the people in the park with the pokey sticks, picking up garbage and looking at squirrels. And somehow I've ended up doing this. So what the path is, is hard, hard to say, but I can say it seems like every experience I had prepared me for what I, for what I do one way or another. But it's not like you grew up as an athlete and you were in your body in a physical way, or did you? Um, I was really into my body, actually, as a youth. I, I, I was grew up in the age of the 70s bodybuilders, whom I admired, uh, Frank Zane and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Franco Colombo and Serge Nubre and all these amazing uh, athlete body show-offs. And I was, uh, they were my heroes. And so uh, I was in that, that was really my first engagement with learning about muscles, for instance, which isn't exactly anatomy in my mind now. But at the time, it brought it brought me into the field, and I kind of dropped that in college, and uh, studied ethics in college and grad school. But by the time I was in grad school, I took up Tai Chi, and Tai Chi kind of brought me back to a body connection and interest and Tai Chi and Tai Chi massage led me on to Rolfing uh, massage training and then the Rolf Institute certification program to become a Rolfer. And at which point I realized I needed to know a lot more anatomy to feel competent as a professional Rolfer. That got me into the lab and I never left. So I, I left Rolfing behind for the lab. And then you wanted to dig in deeper. So deep. <laughs> so deep still digging 
Still digging. I'll be digging all day today. I was digging till 10 o'clock last night. I'm a digger. <laughs> I'm curious, Anna and Z, who you are you lovingly speak about and use various body parts. How did they come into your life? Z, again, these are their names as as donors as opposed to as persons. Uh Z was a, a friend of our lab director. Uh and he passed away and donated himself to my project specifically. So he he kind of he picked me and Anna similarly was donated to our our lab and looked to me like the perfect uh physical foil for Z because he was kind of you know thin and and she was more fleshy and so they made for a good uh a good comparison pair which was my goal for the anatomy from A to Z project was to be able to do a comparative anatomy of two bodies just to bring home the point over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> that we are very individually expressed. Were these the the first two bodies that you were working with? Were the, this is the most intimate? Oh, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of bodies. Uh, and I filmed, you know, the Integral Anatomy series back in the mid-2000s. And uh, that was a, some very thorough dissection as well. But I didn't include all of that footage in the Integral Anatomy series. I shot, you know, 120 hours of of footage and used eight, eight of them, you know. So that, that was a very edited down pile of stuff. Whereas with Anna and Z, I wanted to document the whole deal. Uh, from start to finish and do it twice at the same time. And so that, yeah, that record that I've made there, I hope will stand for a long while as a resource for our various communities. And then literally two weeks to the end of that project, which was 17 months in a lab, uh, I was like, oh, darn, I have to do the nervous system better. <laughs> so, because they're sort of mutually exclusive, you know, to really with the nerves you have to shred up everything else and to really clearly demonstrate the basic muscle tissue groupings and fascia and stuff you tend to destroy the nerves and so you kind of do one and then you do the other it's you can't really do everything on one body you know you can't you can't meaningfully demonstrate at an educational level on film every structure in a single form because you have to destroy some structures to demonstrate others uh, and so having thoroughly destroyed the nervous system for the Anna and Z project, I was like, I need to do justice to that. And also because as as wide as my audience is among the Pilates and yoga and massage and structural integration communities, I wanted to offer something that the naturopaths and osteopaths and med students and and such could also be helpful, extra helpful to them because they do have a demand to understand those features as well. But I wanted to demonstrate them in a way that was coherent with my integral style and perspective. And you're speaking about the nerve project that you just completed. That's correct. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So once I realized two weeks at the end of Anna and Z, I was like, okay, when I finish editing this, I'm going to do the nerve project. And it took me, I was still editing for two, two months into the nerve project, finishing editing the Anna Z project. And I was determined to have it finished 
so that that whole project was done in three years. And so I, I, I was in the lab for 17 months and then I edited and, and then at three, at three year point, within a week of the three year point, I had completely edited the whole, all the footage. It was 1400 videos, you know, that I shot for A to Z. When are you sleeping? Sleep. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. And you're doing this by yourself. You have someone else in the lab with you. Oh yeah, I have folks always in the lab with me. I everything that I shoot is handheld, so all of the dissection videos are handheld. The, so I have a camera person. They rotate different, uh, extremely patient and uh, committed. Uh, my partner Rachel and my friend Madhav and uh, and uh, my son Ian did some filming. Ryan did some filming. Sometimes I just grab who's ever nearby and say, just stand there, hold this. When I say, come in, come in and just do it slow. No jerking the camera. And uh, yeah, you know, we slide everything. Yes. You're the artist and director. Something like that. Yeah, it's a it's pretty it's a pretty slim crew. I mean, for the for the nerve project, I also almost always had. A person in the room doing research as well. So, because uh, like uh, you're dissecting threads out of uh, out of the form, and they're not all obvious what they are or where you're headed or or which thread it is or what have you. So, so we did a lot of intense deep dive research while we while I was dissecting. So I learned as I went. I don't know anything about much anything. I just kind of figure it out as I go along. Anything that stands out that you just thought, oh my gosh, I never, I never thought about that. So much stands out <laughs> that I could go on and on and on. But basically, there's a very funny tension between seeing what's in front of you and trying to witness what's in front of you, for which we have a limited capacity. We all have a limited capacity to observe what's actually in front of us. And we can partly only see what's in front of us for having seen it before. But no one's ever seen inside of this particular body, and every single body is new. So you can study books all day long, and they can almost only mislead you. And yet they're the only resource you have for, for getting in there, other than other dissection experiences, which are very helpful. And so I have a lot of dissection experience at this point, like thousands and thousands of hours of dissection experience. But still, it doesn't matter. You 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 go in there, and that's this person did it different, and everyone does it differently, and it doesn't match the book. And the book is an idealization, and the person is their real anatomy, and the book is not their real anatomy. And so the tension that you experience in trying to see what's in front of you while having as your guide a map that's wrong 99% of the time is <laughs> it's a it's a challenge difficult to describe when you're in it all day every day for months and then years <laughs> you know but it just drives home the point that i make an integral anatomy that the starting point for anatomy is the, the person that's in front of you not the book and that we have to accept welcome admire be astonished and filled with wonder by the body that's in front of us by the person that we see in the mirror not by some mean, average, idealized picture or idea of how we should fit on that apparatus or in that pose or what have you. 
Yes, that's so true. I learned from Romana when I first started working with her in 1994. Those were her words. You have to look at the body in front of you. So you have this body of work, mm. all of this repertoire. Mm -hmm. Yes, but then another a body comes in that you can't necessarily apply with what you were taught. So you have to use your imagination, your intuition, your own body knowledge, your own experience inside your body. Exactly. Yeah, and this goes for me. I mean, Thomas Aquinas talked about this in the 13th century. Uh, you know, he was a medieval uh, uh, scholastic theologian who I studied in grad school a great deal. And you know, basically, as an as, from an ethics perspective, he he was like, you cannot, you cannot apply the universal principle. You know, the universal fails to be applicable in the individual situation, and so you have to manifest what he called the virtue of prudence. Prudence is the ability to to apply a general principle in a particular situation. Uh, and if you can't make that leap from the universal to the particular and insist on the universal in the case of the particular, you will fail uh, to to be useful to that person or you will be a tyrant over them, which is the case with other styles of ethics where you only move from first principles and, and then make everybody fit in that box and nobody does. And so everybody sucks. <laughs> Why do we even study then? Because our truth and our knowledge is from the inside. Well, again, it's hard to witness even those individual truths without having general reference points. It, it's just a question of whether you can translate and remember while you look at the individual that they are the ideal, not the picture. Let me ask you about the concept of somanat. Did you coin that word? I did. Explain. So back in the early 90s, I was a rolfer, newly minted, and also a PhD. And so that made me eligible to be tossed the mantle of editor of the Rolf Journal. Like, oh, Gil can do that. Gil, do that. <laughs> so, so I was I was the editor of the Rolf, it was called Rolf Lines at the time. I don't know what they call it now. Oh, I do know what they call it now. I have a copy of it right here. The struct, what is it called? Journal of the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute. Well, it used to be called Rolf Lines. And so I interviewed Emily Conrad, uh, Emily Conrad Daoud at the time, who was the founder of Continuum Movement System, if you want to call it that. And Emily was an amazing shamaness and dancer and healer and an all-around incredible human being. And I went on one of her workshops and interviewed her afterwards and forgot to turn the tape recorder on. So I was forced after two hours to just remember what we had experienced together. And I, in attempting to describe Emily to my readership in the, at the, in the Rolfing community, I said that I, you know, basically had interviewed a somonaut, you know, someone who was navigating the inner space of the human form, like a sailor traveling the high seas of the body, which is soma for body and, and not like navigate. It's the route for a, a sailor, basically, or the navigator. So a somonaut is a, is a body sailor, an internal explorer. And so I, I use that word for Emily, and she adopted it, and I think she used it in her books. She liked it. <laughs> and then um, I occasionally get emails from Emily people saying, Gil, do you know anything about this word? Did, 
something to do with you and Emily. And anyway, so that's that's that. There's actually a band from Poland, like a hard metal band called Salmonot, and they <laughs> their studio is called like Fuzz Studio. It's hysterical. People have picked up on the word because it's a good word. Oh, but you were first. I was the first. <laughs> Interesting. Do you have T-shirts that say Somanots? I did for a while. I don't know. They weren't very well designed. They were good though, organic cotton. But I uh, <laughs> someday I'll make. Oh yes, make some, more, some more merch. But if I make merch, then I have to put that merch in an envelope and and go to the post office with it. So it's kind of a pain in the ass for me. <laughs> well, you hire someone to do that. You hire a Somanot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's where Somanot came from. And I soon realized that I, too, was a Somanot and that uh, I would dedicate my life to exploring the inner world of the body and revealing its beauty to anyone who cared to be inspired with regard to what they have in themselves. Uh, and so hopefully, I, you know, some Somanots are people who are uplifted by what they find inside and because it is a... I like to say we're not thrown out of the garden. The garden is within us, and and if once you witness that garden within you, it's hard to it's hard to hate your body. Mm, that's maybe a good tagline. <laughs> I like that. I wanted to ask you something about the vagus nerve. Ask me. Ask me. I have I have made I have made love to the vagus nerve for the past yes. four months. Tell us about the vagus nerve. <laughs> well, the vagus nerve. Is I think it has become in our current culture actually a substitute word for the functions of a balanced autonomic nervous system. You know, so when people say the vagus nerve, I, I want to do a vagal hack, I want to blah blah blah. You know, it's like not so much about the vagus nerve as it is about a complex of of nervous tissues that are in relationship to other nervous tissues and and can be out of balance with that relationship. And, you know, if you read up on the nerve, vagus nerve, it's a friggin' complicated bit of wiring. And, we, you know, basically we gave one word to a whole system really. So not just a string, you know, <laughs> it's a mixed nerve. It's a combination of different things. I mean, the vagus nerve is carrying fibers that induce relaxation response there it's carrying fibers that actually induce stress responses in the heart it's it's a, it's carrying fibers that just go off to other places and aren't really part of the thing it has fibers that are motor efferents you know that are operating your vocal cords as we speak to each other you know and, and our larynx you know so there's you know and it's 85% return from the heart. So it's basically the pathway whereby the heart talks to the brain and informs the brain. It's the pathway that the viscera, the upper viscera at, at the very least, speak back to the brain and carry news, news and information about the general state of affairs in, in the body, as opposed to being some kind of informational bully that's directing activities, uh, you know, it's a it's primarily a listener. Is it our most important nerve? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, on its own, it's worthless. Okay. Yeah. So I don't I can't I can't see I can't see the the nervous system except in the context of its wholeness and in its relationship to the whole. 
there's no nerves without fascia there's no body without nerves there's no there's no cells without heart we're a whole entity born from a single embryo and you can't the, the head can't say to the hand i don't need you and the eye can't say to the foot i don't need you and the vagus nerve can't say i'm more important than you if someone's vagus ner nerve though or the nerve complex is not working correctly it impacts the whole body from the heart and the brain yeah that's true if i stub my toe though too right i mean <laughs> so i'm not going to give it more or less credit than it deserves uh, and I'm not saying it's not really cool, <laughs> you know, because I, I literally just yeah. dissected vagus nerve from the medulla oblongata, you know, down through the skull, through the through the jugular foramen, as then I watched. But what is the vagus nerve? Literally, it comes through the foramen and anastomose to the spinal accessory nerve. And then when it gets to the other side, it anastomoses to the sympathetic fibers of the superior cervical ganglion. And then the accessory peels off and it anastomoses with the hypoglossal nerve and then the glossopharyngeal nerve. And it sends fibers down the glossopharyngeal to your tongue. And, and then the hypoglossal splits off and it anastomoses some more. And then, it, and then it takes those sympathetics and joins down into the middle and the inferior cervical ganglion. And, the, and it, it just joins and unjoins. And then it joins itself. It crosses from left to right. It tosses off fibers and it's like, well, that was fun being alone. Let's get together. And it goes right underneath the gastric artery and becomes a single bundle of nerves from both sides. And then it spreads out into the plexuses in the solar and and uh, and superior mesenteric uh, uh, plexuses and, and, gang and ganglia. And it's like, what's the vagus nerve? It <laughs> it's like the LA freeway system. <laughs> yeah. I've been on it. And <laughs> oh, not... yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the vagus nerve is is all is all that. And then it has all different... that and more. All that and more, you know. So so when we say the vagus nerve, we're, we're really talking about our nervous system in folk terminology. You know, it's become just the poster child for the nervous system and the autonomic nervous system in particular, which doesn't function alone. The autonomic nervous system doesn't function alone, the, right? The parasympathetics and the and the sympathetics and the enteric nervous tissues are all in relationship to the whole body and and to our flushing of the skin. To the, in other words, if you the sensory fibers from the from the sensory cortex delivering information from your genitals are triggering a parasympathetic response, right? They're not, they're not unrelated. If you start to jog, you stop digesting. There's no, and we parse it out because we love to do that. Our minds love to chop everything up into pieces and give them names and put them in boxes and then say that we know them. And that's the most absurd thing ever. You don't know it until you've rested in the hole, you know, until you've grokked the hole. And, and then, yeah, for sure. I love the particular as well, but I don't mistake the particular for its own actor. There's no soul actors in the body. And for that matter, you're not a soul actor, even in your personality. You're a community of microorganisms apart from which you are utterly dysfunctional if they are dysfunctional mm. and your dysfunction can impact them in a way that renders your whole body dysfunctional. Forget about the vagus nerve. How about your microbiome? You know, that's, that's licking and lapping its way up the vagus nerve <laughs> along its membranes and tickling your brain with, uh, 
you know, chemicals that are altering the functioning of your of your whole nervous system. And those the microorganisms are are sometimes running the show and sometimes should be running the show if you got the right microorganisms running the show. So like eh, vagus nerve, it's awesome, but <laughs> I'm not gonna give it center stage, although I literally just spent two months picking on it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I love it, you know, so I'm not trying to say I don't love it, but I, yeah. I love it alone. You have lots of children. You love all your children. Love all my children. Yeah, folks will be like, Gil, you're you're a fascia guy, right? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm a whole person guy and fascia is in there and people don't talk about it so much. So I talk about it. Uh, I mean, people, my community talks about it all day long. They can't stop talking about it. But uh, it's, at the same time, it's like, don't fall for that either. Fascist not everything. The vagus nerve isn't everything. The quadratus lumborum isn't everything. The psoas isn't everything, you know? Yes. Speaking of the particulars, I just wanted to ask you to speak a little bit about the relationship between the heart and the lungs. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Just in terms of what we were just talking about, like the heart and the lungs are, it's the heart and the lungs. It's the the heart center breathing, right? So the heart center, there's no heart. There's a heart center that we're referring to as the heart. And the heart center is extended to within two cells of every cell in your body, of which there are trillions. And so we're talking about an organ that's shaped like you, right? And part of that organ's expression is to breathe. And it does so through these pillows that are its wings. And it has these pillowy, the heart center has these pillowy wings that are, you know, extracting nutrition from the air and and delivering it through the heart center to the rest of the body and expelling wastes, but also bringing in energy, not just oxygen, but energy. The, the molecules that we breathe in are charged with sunlight. And that's that's like, we're like plants and we have to, we have to eat that. And the lungs are our, the, the 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 transmission zone for that. And so the, you know, I take the heart and lungs, as we call them normally, out together, and then I I like to follow the pathways, right? So that you see that the the heart basically has these arms that are shaped like lung bushes. Basically, <laughs> it has lung bushes on the on the sides, and. I wouldn't, you know, can't really miss. They have different, they're different functions. Different things are happening in these places in our body. And yet, yet they're, they're continuous, completely continuous uh, expressions of, of the, the inner workings of the human form. And so I, I love, I love them both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me think about the heart and lungs. Uh, I know that when I, started my Pilates career, that was basically, we learned 100 in the mat work, mm -hmm. very first exercise. Mm -hmm. And it was all about the relationship between the heart and the mm -hmm. lungs. And I guess the reason why I ask you is because you take all of your knowledge and you always pepper in a spiritual and philosophical covering. Mm. The heart and lungs are really, we we couldn't live if we didn't have a heart and lungs. So there's and who's and who is beating and and who is breathing. In other words, do you do you really think your petty time and place personality is in charge of that shit? <laughs> it's not. It, it's not. We're being breathed, and we have this life force 
writhing in our chest. And, and the question is, can we live with that? Can we be moved by that rather than thinking that we're so in charge and in control and, and, um, and I'm not saying that we can't play, play with those gifts. Well, surely we can. We can play with them and we can enjoy them, but we can also like kind of take the ride. I mean, it's a serious ride. If you just like pay attention to your heart tree beating within you and your lungs inflating and deflating and realize that, yeah, I love this. You look in a physiology book and they'll proclaim their mechanistic disposition in the first pages. And then from that mechanistic disposition, they'll bump into life and be floored and stop and make up silly words like autorhythmic, you know, for the heart. It's autorhythmic. They won't say it's alive. They'll say it's autorhythmic. They won't, you, they won't acknowledge your life in a biology book. They'll use the word autorhythmic as if there's some kind of lawnmower that doesn't need gas and just goes on its own. Or your lungs, your breath is a self-sustaining oscillator in the medulla oblongata. These are quotes from physiology books. A self now break down those words. A self-sustaining oscillator in the medulla oblongata. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> no, life is breathing me, and I I am a gifted spirit taking a ride, and either hating it or enjoying it or fighting it all the time or trying to control the heck out of it or or seeing what happens, playing with it and creatively dancing along with the dance of life that's moving within us. But if I try and control it, I'm going to kill it. And that's what we do. We kill ourselves slowly. We commit slow suicide, most of us, through our anxiety and our fears and our worries and our control, our white knuckle ride through life, when we could throw our hands up and just go, ah, and <laughs> take the ride. And trust, and trust. Yeah, yeah. Trust that our heart and lungs will do what they're supposed to do. Do what they're supposed to do. Why is the education you present online helpful for the Pilates community? Oh, gosh. Well, I think that Pilates people are somanots too. And, and the, the Pilates folks really, really get in there and pay attention to their movement and their relationship to their body and in their movement. I do think that sometimes uh, Pilates folks can get a, get uh, a little over specific, right? To the point where you're lost in the in the control of a movement, um, rather than feeling the life of the movement. I've also seen Pilates where you know, they say, "Okay, now and breathe in and then breathe out," and it's like no one's doing that. Like in other words, you can't. The timing isn't right. Our breath function isn't really in relationship to that movement, the way it's being uh, cued. And, and then you end up holding your breath or forcing your breath and, and, and the, you might be breathing according to the movement, but the movement is paced in such a way that you're actually generating a sympathetic rather than a parasympathetic response in, in the breath pattern. You're actually creating incoherent heart tension function rather than coherent heart function. And so that's something something to work for. But that that wasn't really the answer to a question you asked. You, you really want to know why why my stuff might be fun for folks or whatever. And the thing is, um, if you love your body and love exploring your body, 
Well, me too. So let's play together. It's kind of like that. You know, I can I can bring you in there pretty deeply and things that you have words for. I have pictures and moving images for. And sometimes it's very powerful to to see what you touch and see what you feel. And it can it can um, transform the way you feel what's inside of you or help you identify what you're feeling inside of you. And that can be really fun and powerful. And also there is sometimes kind of a in the Pilates community, I've noticed maybe an, an emphasis on the on musculature uh, and certain ideas about joint action and maybe an underemphasis on viscera. And I've, I've even seen fear of viscera, you know, where it's like, no, we don't go there. That's guts. And, you know, like, I don't know anything about my guts. I'm, the yoga people are a little conscious of that, you know, the guts, because they're kind of twisting and they kind of have some vague idea that they're, you know, twisting their guts <laughs> for good. Yeah, but Joe talked about that. He talked about the internal shower. He may have. He may have talked about that. <laughs> but I don't know if that's, <laughs> he talked about a lot of things. I think Joe had his own spiritual agenda. Uh, but I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced that in our fitness communities, you know, in which we find Pilates expressed that that has as much room as as it might. It should. It's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said. My stuff is an opportunity maybe to bring that in. To expand the place for it, that it was that was invited for it in the first place. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. So how can people learn more about you and your dissection classes and just all about Gil? How can people? <laughs> well, my first website was called somanautics.com. No one could spell it. So I changed my website's name to integralanatomy.com and no one could spell that either. And then so I studied Google a little bit and found out that everyone was searching Gil Headley. <laughs> so I changed my website to gilheadley.com. And even if you misspell it, they'll send you to me because it has enough weight on the algorithms to uh, bring you to me. So G-I-L-H-E-D-L-E-Y.com, gilheadley.com. And there I have a free membership with over 20 hours of really cool uh, stuff there for those folks who just want to go for a free ride. And then I have a paid membership that has literally 250 hours of, of CE credits for massage and Pilates and yoga people. And, and that's a deep dive, you know, a deep dive is available there into the human form. And you can pretty much, if, if it's in there, it's on there. <laughs> I, it's pretty it's pretty thorough at this point. It's encyclopedic, the content there. And it's set up so you could just start at the beginning and watch like, I mean, I watched all 12 seasons of Bones three times. I love that show. <laughs> and so I was like, is anyone going to watch all my stuff? Turns out there are people who watch all oh, my yes. stuff and watch it multiple times because it pays to watch it over and over again. You could put it on double speed if you don't like listening to me talk, which I totally appreciate because the visuals will will hold hold your attention. Uh, so the, there's a lot on there and then I have my YouTube channel and there's, I don't know, there's over a hundred videos up on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are, and that's all just free. There's no commercial, there's nothing. That's just a gift, not my gift to the world, the 20 hours on my site and the hundreds, hundred videos plus on, on YouTube are all just, uh, gifts because I do, I'm on a mission and uh, I love it when people sign up and, and pay for my memberships. And also I, I'm not, I have way more free members than paying members. 
Uh, and I welcome I welcome folks who want to take a take a deeper dive uh, to come and play with me. It's super accessible uh, accessible pricing. I wanted people in Asia, Africa, India to be able to afford it. Yeah, so it's it's super cheap. And people know now that every Monday morning or afternoon or evening, wherever they are, you release a new video. That's a lot of work. Oh my gosh. I've done that on top of the nerve project, which has had me in the lab full time. And I do my live with Gil sessions, which is also part of the uh, Explorer membership where I, I, I spend an hour and a half with a guest every, every, uh, every month. And then I do the, yeah, the free videos every week, which has been fucking exhausting to be honest. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can imagine. I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward. I, I mean, I love being in the lab all day, every day. And uh, it's, I do that on top of a full-time job maintaining. I'm the I'm the web, uh, you know, I'm the tech support for thousands of people, um, as well as creating all the content. And then my partner Rachel, she courseifies it. So I, I put the content up, and she she. You two are great it. together. Watching yeah, we're a good team. Yeah, very. Yeah, and I, I'm just extracurricular for her because she has her own empire. She's a very <laughs> uh, well-known yoga educator. Ah. Yeah, that's a yeah, fantastic. Rachel, Rachel has a double master's, one in fine arts and one in educational design, and she uh, helps people develop teacher trainings all over the world. So she's very. Confident. How did you two meet? Uh, she took my class in like 2012 and 2013. And so I knew of her and then she wrote a bunch of books. She's a prolific author and I reviewed one of her books for her and did an interview with her and then got on her newsletter somehow. And, and when, oh. when I was available and I clicked on a newsletter and opened up a video and I was like, damn, this lady's smart. And, <laughs> and uh, so I just kept and watching cute. videos and I was like, <laughs> man, she's a good teacher. She's incredible on camera too. And I don't know, I'm going to compliment her with an email. And, <laughs> and that's how it started. And I went from there. <laughs> okay. In closing, what do you see in the future for integral anatomy? Mm. It is my hope to, to transform the way the world perceives the body so that it's appreciated as a gift rather than feared as a problem to be solved, as a mistake to be fixed, as a troublesome burden to be born. I, I, if, I feel that if people transform their relationship to their bodies and recognize what a profound gift it is and how much is going right with it every day. They could change their thought frame around their bodies in a way that would enhance their life experience and enable them to dive into their body deeply enough to realize that the entire universe is accessible through it and that we're all ultimately mystics as a result of this body that we are gifted with and that its powers are untried and that the that the somanautical journey is uh, is ultimately a, a, a journey into into the expansion of spirit and consciousness, so that we can recognize ourselves as a not only our body as one, but all of us as one. That's my mission. That's a lofty mission. It's beautiful, Gil. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy, and I really appreciate it, as our listeners do. My pleasure, Darian. It's great to meet you. And, and Thank you. Uh, and I, I, I'm happy to connect with your community. All Things Pilates is produced, written, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. 
Mastered Audio Mix by Fabian Romero. This season, we have all original music by AKA Johnny. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, you have the opportunity to support it for as little as $3 a month. You'll see the link in the show notes and just know that every dollar helps me continue to bring you the most interesting guests in the Pilates community. Our bodies are a living mystery. Maybe the most mysterious experiences we'll ever encounter are the magical moments that emanate from inside. If you're paying attention, how is it that we all possess varying talents and skills? Where does that come from? Like a child born with musical virtuosity or able to speak a foreign language without ever hearing it. How is it that some people can predict the future and others speak to the dead? The mystery and the magic of us is remarkable. Thanks so much for tuning in and meet you here in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates. <laughs>